Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station. They got guys who can do it all. They got, uh, obviously, Kelsey, finesse player. Um, and, you know, it's an Andy Reid offense. He's usually not uh, not changing too much, you know what I mean, because the stuff that he does usually works. So, you know, it's a fast-paced offense, uh, but guys know know what they're doing, and they know that, that offense really well. That's uh, Jalen Thompson on Big Red Rage here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station co- commenting on the uh, Chiefs offense and an Andy Reid offense. Andy Reid. Have you seen what this guy looks have like, Have you Jarrett? seen this guy, Jarrett? This is like Christmas morning for Jarrett. Oh, I know. Another another football season starting for Andy Reid jokes, and he just happens to be in town for week one. The kebab is going to be is exciting, the kebab is going to be lit today. Yeah, is it? Is the kebab very Andy? Well, you probably haven't written it yet. <laughs> Will it, will it be when you write it? Got, have I you got, begun thinking about it yet? I got four jokes written so okay. far. Okay, all right. I got some ideas for it. I'm a good Andy Reid. <laughs> uh-huh. Still in the Come concept, on, you got to give people what they want, Jared. Um, look, I, just like everybody else, I'm very curious to see what the Kansas City Chiefs offense looks like. With all due respect to Travis Kelsey, who is the best pass-catching tight end and best receiving threat at tight end in football and has been for quite some time, I think in years past, in recent years past, when you thought of the dynamic nature, the explosive nature of the Chiefs offense... You always thought about Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. That was the that was the guy that you worried about because of the way they employed him and just his game changing speed. He's not there anymore. And there's been a lot of talk in Kansas City about you know th- this new crew of wide receivers: Juju Smith Schuster, Marquez Valdez Scantling, Sky Moore, three of their top pass catchers. Uh, what's it going to look like? Will it be spread around? Patrick Mahomes said as much, but uh, the world has not seen the offense uh, of the Chiefs no. operate that way. So no. it's going to be a brand new well, look for them, too. And and listen, it, with all the gushing that is going on with Josh Allen, and rightfully so coming out of last night, I, I think there is a uh, almost a universal sort of viewpoint that this is the best quarterback in football in the right here and now. Because you, you, you put the two together. You put last night's performance next to the way he ended last year, and th- that is just some scintillating stuff he is throwing out there. Mm-hmm. And and so don't think Patrick Mahomes isn't sitting there going, okay, my turn, because Patrick Mahomes was the guy. And I don't, I, look, Tom Brady is the GOAT, we all know that. But in terms of the up-and-coming, hot, young, stud quarterback this is what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. We're talking about it was Patrick Mahomes, and now Josh Allen has kind of taken the lead of that. So Patrick Mahomes now, it, sitting around watching that game last night, don't don't think he isn't motivated to go and kind of show, okay, you forgot oh, about me a little I, bit? I think that's a great point. Like, the, the shine, believe it or not, the shine is a little bit off Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Because everybody is so attracted and distracted by the new shiny object. Right. Josh Allen is the new shiny object. Yep. That doesn't mean Patrick Mahomes is past his prime or is any less of a quarterback. He can no. still kill you. And, and then, a lot of hype on Joe Burrow, too. Oh, that's, He's like, oh, right, really? Right. Yeah, that's, a, you. that's a great point. And then there's Justin, Joe Burrow. Justin Herbert? Herbert's right. doing national Justin commercials Herbert. now. Yeah. Right. That's a great point. Yeah, it's it's bigger than just Josh Allen. So Patrick Mahomes is kind of thinking, okay, okay. And so I, I'm worried about that. 
that's a, a, a fully engaged Patrick Mahomes based on just what what is happening right in front of everybody. Yeah, here's Jalen Thompson on uh, Patrick Mahomes specifically from Big Red Rage. Really, just a, another big thing about him is he can uh, he can scramble really really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a nightmare for defenses. Um, you know what I mean? We have to definitely be sound. He can make a- any throw that any quarterback in the league can make. Um, so yeah, uh, he, we have to be on our toes when, when we go against him. Yeah. Last night we saw look, a lot of Cardinals fans mm-hmm. are elevating the, the safety combination of Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, calling them the best in the league. The naysayers to that will say, what, what did you see last night in Buffalo or with the Buffalo Bills? Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde. Those guys have the credentials mm-hmm. and certainly the success. But we saw, you know, those guys make an impact on that game. I, you know, we talk about how you slow down Kansas City. They're going to have to rely heavily on Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker to be all over the field, wreak some havoc, and maybe oh, yeah. come up with a couple turnovers if they're going to have a chance in this Well, game. yeah, they're going to have to come up and supplement coverage and so, you know, maybe break up pass attempts and, and sort of, you know, reinforce the cornerbacks. Because I, I do think that there's a there's a distinct fear that what happened to the Rams last night might happen to the Cardinals even worse on Sunday. I A, a lot of Cardinals fans that, that I have talked to, they're afraid of a blowout. They're afraid of a 25-plus point margin of difference mm-hmm. in this game. So there is that there is that fear. Just And, and I'm saying that uh, uh, just out of fear of what the Cardinals' defense might look like. How how vulnerable they might be, how injury plagued they might be, and going up against a team that's fully healthy and uh, fully healthy and one of the elites, uh, and with a head coach who is just—you ever see this guy, Jared? <laughs> <laughs> how many jokes do you have written now? I think he just got one done. Did you see? Uh, I think it was the last preseason game. There was a really, really good lookalike in the crowd. Oh yeah, like not not like the one that was just like a fat guy with a mustache that they've brought up a few times mm-hmm. to do press conferences. This guy looked exactly like him. It was tremendous. You, yeah, you dressed tremendous. as Andy Reid before. Yeah, I did. Actually. When was that? Was that for Halloween or was that a video you did? It was Halloween. It was Halloween. Eric Cohen, okay, formerly of this show, dressed as John Gruden, and and, the, of the and officially the worst mock my world player in history. Yes, unofficially. Well, Unofficially, now that Jesse, Jesse is Morrison? at 4.3%, we'll see. But Eric, Eric Luke in a week, yeah, Eric was a just bizarre. Bus. <laughs> was right, right, exactly. Uh, yes, and then I dressed as Andy Reid. Okay. I can okay. retweet the picture if you want. No, no, that's in, okay. In honor of <laughs> No, that's okay. Oh, please, please. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd love to see it again. Yeah, right? Uh, so, well, so, yeah, so listen, so the Kansas City offense, the response, the, the idea of, of, of elite premium players planning a flag, making a statement. So that that's I think that's going to be on the air on Sunday. And then so they got to counter, counter it. Um to me I tell you it's just it's it's this is going to have to be about physicality. Really. Oh yeah. In my opinion. Uh one more from uh Jalen Thompson on the subject I brought up earlier from Big Red Rage. Are you and Buddha the best safety duo in the NFL? I believe so. Yes sir, I believe so. We I, I feel like we're the most versatile. Um, and you know what I mean. I feel like we can we can do it all. We can do it all. We can uh, 
play man coverage, zone coverage. We can play deep in the post, play in the box, play at nickel, play at corner. Um, so many different different things that um, Buddha and I can do. So I just feel like, yeah, that that's what makes us the most versatile and the uh, best safety duo in the league. Yeah, and I, I love that that's the attitude. That should be the belief of Jalen Thompson and Buddha Baker and everybody on the Cardinals defense. But to what Jalen Thompson said, that versatility is going to be key, especially in week one when this cornerback room is coming in, in, in into shape, you're going to have to rely on those guys to, to, to allow the corners to be buttoned up. Yeah. And, and Byron Murphy to an extent, too, is a guy with the, by far the most experience yeah. in this defense uh-huh. at the corner position. Uh-huh. Oh, man, I can't wait. Oh, same here. Football's here. Yeah, I know. It's, it's it's great. Yeah, Football Friday, the first one. Feels good, doesn't it? It does. Uh, no idea. Uh, we'll get into uh, Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator of the Cardinals. How's he getting ready for the Kansas City offense? That's straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on this Football Friday, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. <laughs> So it's going to be a tall task, but um, obviously, you know, having a great plan is going to be key and uh, not being afraid to play on our terms is going to be key also, you know, because, I mean, they're going to move the ball anyway, you know, so why sit back and be scared? You know, that won't work all day. So we'll see how it works out. You know, we have a good plan, and I believe in our plan, and we'll see what happens on Sunday. It's Vance Joseph, defensive coordinator of the Cardinals. Sounds like he might have been yelling at practice. I don't know. <laughs> a little yeah, scr- you're a little right. Scratch yeah. in, the, in the deep dul- dulcet tones of, of Vance Joseph. Do you remember, remember when football season used to get here and Todd Graham could barely talk? Yeah. Character, character, character. I'm so proud of these. <laughs> Somebody got a lozenge for me. <laughs> yeah, and that was from all that screaming he did. So yeah, that kind of sounded a little bit like that with Vance. Yeah, having I a- like Vance. Vance is like one of the rare guys in the Cardinals coaching staff that actually says things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, like this on Marcus Golden. Well, he practiced some today. You know, he's been in every meeting, and that's that's what's really important. Uh, he had a freak accident in, in the weight room with his toe. You know, so that toe's healing up right now, and hopefully he can go full speed on Sunday. But he's out there. He's practicing. You guys know Marcus Junk, right? I mean, if he's playing, he's going to go full speed, whether it's twenty snaps or thirty snaps. So again, I have no worries about him if. He's on a field playing. He'll play hard and fast. So that was the deal with Marcus oh, Golden. Not so. a hold in. The toe injury was legit. Dropped wow. some weights on his How toe. about that? And what a, what a another freakish accident yeah. with this football team? But I feel pretty good if Marcus Golden was participating in practice on Thursday, knowing his makeup and how he's cut, yeah. he'll be out there at least well, giving it a go on Sunday. I, I'm hoping I'm hoping he was practicing good weight room et- etiquette and wearing shoes when lifting. Um, a lot of dudes, sometimes a lot of athletes put the socks in the sandals routine, uh, the flip-flops, and just kind of really? chill, chill it a little. If you're doing upper body. You can still drop stuff on your I feet. Know, I know, I know. I ever tell you about the time I mowed the lawn? <laughs> With flip-flops on? Did, uh, did I ever tell you about the time I I washed uh, garage floor barefoot and oh, nearly yeah. cracked my head open? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shoes yeah. are your friends, Yeah, people. they are. Right. It's right. <laughs> yeah, they're, they are your friends. So uh, that's, yeah, that sounds like that's very painful because as a football player, I'm guessing he was lifting more than the, probably not the five-pound dumbbells, I'm guessing. <laughs> not him. Not no. Him. No. 
Um, uh, you know, there are questions going in. Uh, you know, Marcus Golden, what's his availability? J.J. Watt's availability right now. Thursday is a very pivotal day to monitor the injury reports around the NFL. When you have a DNP on Wednesday and a DNP on Thursday, it usually doesn't project great things for availability on a Sunday. J.J. Watt's a different animal. We mm-hmm. get that. I'd feel a heck of a lot better. Just with the presence of J.J. Watt, we don't know how effective he'll be with that calf injury. But even going into the playoff game in January, J.J. Watt working as hard as he did, you know, beating all of the timetables that doctors put on him to get back just oh, to yeah. be with his teammates. Yeah. You know, the naysayers and the negative people said, oh, that's just J.J. Watt wants to, to bask in the glory. I, I, don't, I don't believe that. I believe J.J. Watt is one of those guys that will, you know, quote-unquote, kill himself to get back on the field with his team. But his presence made you feel better. Now, it didn't go well, but his presence would make a lot of people feel better going into Sunday, don't you think? I, I think so. I, I think be just because he's a sturdy presence, he's somebody that the uh, the Chiefs are going to have to be aware of. Yeah, I and, and again, you, you want to have as much availability and participation from J.J. Watt as possible uh, this weekend. So, yeah, I, I think that it's... It, it's funny because it's really a sign of, of w- w- how we cover this organization that it really seemed plausible and even likely that Marcus Golden was holding in because he does want a contract extension. And yet – and to hear that this was actually a, a freakish weight room injury, that's I, – I don't know how to feel about that. I mean both might be true still. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah both, They, they yeah, might that's have aligned. Po- that, yeah. yeah, you know what? That's a, He might be lifting weights and not – yeah, that's a very good point. Um, so the tr- two things can be true at the same time. It's – there's just so many unanswered questions and so many ways this season can go. There's just a lot of, uh, I, I, to me, a great deal of anticipation just to finally see what this football team is about. Yeah. Because even even in preseason games, if, if you're a Chiefs fan, for instance, and you see like Patrick Mahomes play a series and they move down the field, you you feel good. You're like, okay, cool. They're good. They're good. We don't know anything. And just think of the frustration—the str- frustration that it's going to feel when they tell you, "Well, you know, we still don't have DeAndre Hopkins. We're still dealing with all these injuries." Like, if things go bad, it's going to be sold as this still isn't. We still don't know what we have. True. Um, and look, on the offensive side of the ball, I- I'm anxiously awaiting whatever update Cliff Kingsbury has today after mm-hmm. practice on the availability or status of Rondale Moore. Yeah. Because if he can't go and, you know, in case you're just joining us, what happened with Rondale Moore yesterday reported that he injured his hamstring, was yep. going to undergo an MRI. Hamstrings linger if they're if they're even more than just a, a, a very minor injury. So you might be talking about multiple weeks without Rondell Moore. Right. It could be in a situation, if the Cardinals want to go five wide receivers on Sunday, they're going to have to call up Victor Bolden from the practice yeah, squad. About that. And then maybe look at available options I, You know, yeah. if, if this lingers. I, that, that ain't it to me. I, I don't think you want to go to five wide receiver sets with this sort of diminished crew of wide receivers. Well, the, I, the, the question is then, do they actually get the tight ends, if they're all, he- all well, healthy, uh, yeah, do so, they get them more involved? Is this you know the 3D chess that... 4D chess that they were playing by getting Trey McBride. You, you win the game the way you won the game in Nashville. You win it up front with physicality. I'm talking about a year ago. That's how you do this. You don't. You don't come out with this crew and start flinging. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to see that. That's a recipe for disaster. 
in my opinion. I think they need to, to sort of be the same team that took the field in Nashville. They need to be run-oriented. They need to have that vibe up front. They need to push the Chiefs around. They need Kyler Murray to make plays with his legs and exploit the tight ends, all that kind of stuff. Put together that kind of game, and it's. I think I think they've got a shot. Maybe a big James Conner game. Maybe. Maybe. But I think the Chiefs, even though the Chiefs are not good defensively, I don't think the Chiefs have as many question marks and 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 uh, utter you know pray pray and hope kind of situations as we do in Arizona and maybe it'll work out maybe maybe Isaiah Simmons flashes big time on Sunday that would be cool I'm down for that yeah uh, Vance Joseph talked about Isaiah Simmons too the the, the news earlier in the week that uh, come Sunday it'll be green dot on the back of Isaiah Simmons helmet he'll be the guy calling the defensive singles signals and kind of sorting things out here was Vance Joseph on that he's a linebacker that's his job you know, he's he's a bright guy. He really is. You know, he has to get used to me giving him keys for other players. You know, we've got one green dot. You know, so he has to spread the message, you know, to the DBs, to the front, you know, what's going on by D&D, why that call's being made. So having a green dot, that's a big responsibility. It's not just calling the play. It's explaining why I called the play. It's playing the game through my eyes. And that's where he has to grow. And that's the, that's the challenge. If he wants it, he has to do that for me. If not, he can't do it. You know, but he wants that challenge, but that's that's part of it. He's the quarterback on defense, so he has to explain why I'm calling the play. So he has to know why I'm calling it, right? And that's that's huge for our guys because you know every offense have indicators by D and D by personnel who's in the game. Those things are key. You know, you work 80 hours a week to give your guys an advantage. You know, so he has to spread that word game day. You know, and that's a tough tough job, but he's getting used to doing it. Yeah, and uh, one other thing that Vance Joseph said that I thought was very interesting because we were wondering, okay, Devon Kennard. Got cut. He's back on the practice squad. He's listed as second string. It, you know, basically everything's lining up for him to be elevated on Saturday from the practice squad to the active roster. And mm-hmm. we were wondering why that is. Now, it wasn't specifics, but on several occasions in his answer on that subject, Vance Joseph said it's just football business. It's you know, it's not football. It's just football business. Okay, Von Kennard is all in. Uh, and that you know, sometimes he said sometimes the rules necessitate moves like that. Okay. Okay. Especially when you have two young guys at, at pass Listen, rusher and Thomas and Sanders that, that you want to work in. I, I read the quotes from Devon Kennard when he, when he was asked about this, and he is not happy, but he did choose to do this, to, to be back here. He said he did have other options, mm-hmm. but at the end of it all, he felt like being in Arizona was the best option for him. And so, yeah, I mean, if... if because the bottom line is, if he is if he's going to end up getting playing time, then it probably is the best situation for him. So, listen, I I think Vance Joseph, as you can hear him talk, you I think you can hear why defensive players trust him. Yes, absolutely. you know what I mean. Absolutely, a very good communicator and not a lot of BS involved with it. And and basically, the last three, you know, the last two seasons, mm-hmm. Vance Joseph as coordinator, it's. It's been pretty impressive. Pretty good. Yeah. 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 And look, there was a time last year when I thought for sure he was going to get a job. I thought for sure he was going to be gone. And so we could be dealing with that. We could be dealing with an underfunded defense and a brand new defensive coordinator oh, as well. Absolutely. If this, if, But if this defense under uh, overachieves under Vance Joseph yeah. this year, yeah. color him gone. Yeah. Absolutely. Coming up next, we'll hit the big stories of the day. Sarah Cazell will take us through the Rush Hour reboot. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 
98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Oh, it is Friday. Football is back, like back, back for real this time. And we're here on Bickley and Murata Mornings to bring you through the top stories of the day on the Rush Hour Reboot. I am Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hello. Oh, Vince Murata. I'm confused. Vincent. Did I throw you off your game, Vinny? <laughs> what is that sound you made? And Jarrett Carlin. They ruffle, or a roster shuffle. Not a ruffle shoster. <laughs> oh, uh, man. I love that. It's so great. great. That's yes. an old one. Yeah. That's tremendous. Do you remember the Ruffle Shoster beer that yeah. your friend created? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. What? What? I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. I learn new things about this show that I'm on every single day. All right. On this Football Friday here you know, on... We had we had a history before you got here, sir. I don't the believe it. Begin and end with I you, don't sir. believe it for a freaking second. <laughs> All right. We're looking ahead to Sunday. The Cardinals and the Chiefs at State Farm Stadium. That's a 125 kick. And you will get to hear that game here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station along with every other Cardinals game this season. Uh, This is a matchup, of course, of two quarterbacks that Cliff Kingsbury knows quite well. His current quarterback, Kyler Murray, and then his college quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Here is Jalen Thompson talking with Wolf about Patrick Mahomes last night on the Big Red Rage. Really just a, another big thing about him is he can uh, he can scramble really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a nightmare for defenses. Um, you know what I mean? We have to definitely be sound. He can make a- any throw that any quarterback in the league can make. Um, so, yeah, uh, he, we have to be on our toes when, when we go against him. Absolutely. Got to be on your toes when you face Patrick Mahomes. We also spoke with Adam Teicher, who covers the Chiefs for ESPN uh, earlier this week. And he said he is expecting Mahomes to come out on a fire more so than usual because he has taken very personally that people, media, experts, etc. are not really sure how he's going to fare without Tyreek Hill, one of his favorite targets, who's now with the Dolphins. Uh, so this is Teicher comparing Patrick Mahomes to Michael Jordan. You know, he's a guy. He's he's a little bit like Michael Jordan in that area. You know, any any slight or any uh, thing he feels like is aimed at him, he he uh, he uses that as motivation. So uh, yeah, I think he feels it. And, and you know, we got that, that that second half of of last season or the last season's uh, AFC Championship game that we talked about earlier. And and you know, there's people saying, well, he's going to uh, you know not play as well without Tyreek Hill in the lineup. I mean, he's got a lot going there in the motivation department. So um, we'll see whether that makes any difference in the end at all. All right. So given all of the above, the fact that, yeah, he's a great quarterback, but he's also feeling a little bit slighted. And then there's the current state of the Cardinals defense. Do you guys have faith that the Cardinals defense will be able to slow him down at all? Uh, no, I really do not. I I, I think it's going to be a, a, a very, very difficult challenge for them. I think they're going to need really great performances from a lot of different people yeah. to, to hang 
And and look, he I've seen Patrick Mahomes in this offense. They they just make it look so easy, and uh-huh. they look so unstoppable when they're in sync and on time. Now they weren't like that all last uh, all of last year, but when they are like that, they're they're a nightmare. Yeah. yeah, my answer to that question is the same as Bix. No, I don't have faith in the Cardinals' defense to slow things down. If the Cardinals, in my mind, are to win this game, they're going to have to outscore the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to have to be a track meet that gets up into the 30s, maybe into the 40s. That's just the way I see it going in. But I do like the uh, the Adam Teicher, uh, you know, comparison to taking slights to you know the comparison to Michael Jordan. When mm-hmm. Michael Jordan said it, he said, "So I took that personally." <laughs> when Patrick Mahomes says it, it sounds like, "Hey ho, <laughs> I take that personally." Um, no comment. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, I don't, can't believe you would make fun of the way people talk. Yeah. Can you, oh my gosh, or how they look or how they smell. That was not my best Kermit. What they eat or, you know. I got to work on that. Jared's job. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now let's look at some matchups that maybe, maybe the Cardinals can find an advantage in, uh, be it one-on-one individual matchups or position groups. Where do you think the Cardinals can or do have the advantage over Kansas City? If applicable. Yeah, I, I think I their know. offensive line against the Chiefs' defensive line, I think that can work in the Cardinals' favor. I, I think, think where I get pause there, Bick, is they, they still got Chris Jones. They do. Who can be a they do. Just absolute wrecking ball. Yeah, and they do like this George Karloftis kid a lot. Uh-huh. So, so I, I do think that defensively they're they're probably in better shape than the Cardinals' defense is. But, but I think there are, are, are matchups that they can exploit here. I, I think the, the Chiefs' defense is mid at best. Maybe even sus. Maybe even sus. Definitely not bussing. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't slap. No. It's not lit. Mm. All right, let's uh, let's look elsewhere in the NFC West. We got our first look at the Rams last night in Los Angeles. They fell to the Bills, thirty-one to Bills. ten. The Bills. Josh Allen threw for just under three hundred yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. He was sacked twice, and then there was Matt Stafford. He threw for two hundred forty yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, and oh my gosh, seven sacks. He's still on the field, I think. Uh, Sean McVay, the Rams head coach after the game, said that was a humbling experience for them. So after you guys watched the Rams last night, yeah. are they still the undisputed NFC West champs to you this year? Or is there a window yeah. for the Niners or the Cardinals? Listen, I, I do think there is a window because I do think that the uh, the Super Bowl hangover is real. And it's just because it, to, to play at that level and do what they did last year, you, you've got to be burning at, mm. at peak you know temperature. Yeah. And it's hard to get there if you feel satisfied. And they're champions. They've got the most obnoxious rings I've ever seen in my life. And then the Matthew Stafford element, he he did not look, that, that arm talent didn't look like it looked last year. And so I don't know what it means. I, maybe I'm overreacting like everybody else does after week one, but... Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not certain they're getting back. Yeah, I think the Rams ran into a, a very good football team that was w- much more prepared to play in Week One. But to the original question, um, 
Yeah, I think there's a window. In fact, I picked San Francisco to win the division That's yesterday right. yes, before did. we saw the Rams. Yes, so you did. Um, I, I, I agree with a lot of what Vic said. I think the Super Bowl hangover, you can't quantify it. It's just real. Yeah. And I, do I expect the Rams to play like that every week? Absolutely not. They ran into a very good football team last night. That was motivated to make a statement. Sure. Yeah, it's not like they did that against the Jags or yeah. anything. Yeah. All right, let's quickly squeeze in college football. ASU has a big, big game tomorrow at Oklahoma State, the number 11 program in the country right now. Uh, certainly a step up from NAU uh, in week one. Here is head coach Herm Edwards talking about the challenge ahead. You know, it's, it's college football. You're going down there and it's... Uh it's kind of what guys see on television, right? And now, you, yeah, you, you're going to be on television. <laughs> you're going to be in that stadium, right? And so I think our guys are excited, but I think they're also focused in on um, we, we got we to gotta really play good in all three phases. We do, and I think they know that. You know, they, they, they know exactly that, and the more you watch them on tape, the more you realize that, hey, we, we got to do, th- do a lot of things right. Like Cliff Kingsbury has said about the Cardinals playing the Chiefs, there is not a lot of room for error with ASU playing Oklahoma State. I know expectations are not terribly high for ASU in this game tomorrow, but what are you guys expecting to see? Um, some jitters. I, I think it, you know it was an easy transition into the season the way it went, and to the Sun Devils' credit, they ha- they handled that challenge pretty well. They played mostly a clean football game against NAU, but yep. and you go on the road against a Big 12 team, it's got a, a loud crowd that plays is going to be full. We saw the Sun Devils last year struggle in operation on the road. The BYU yeah. game, the Utah game yes. with raucous crowds come to mind. That's something they're going to have to overcome. So yep. uh, what to expect? I'm not sure, but I know that that's probably their number one challenge is I, to remain yeah. clean. Yeah, I think there's great opportunities here for both ASU and Arizona to build off um, victories in the first week that I think both over-delivered in a good way mm. uh, to their fan base. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think these are great opportunities I actually like Arizona's chances against an SEC school a little more than I like ASU's chances against Oklahoma State. But look, uh, this is Emory Jones kid. He he looked good. He looked legit. Well, and that's the thing too is that he, as a former SEC quarterback, he's got plenty of experience sure playing does. on the road against a bunch of loud crowds. Exactly. Yeah. And and he's got a sense of calm about him. And so uh, I, I I don't I I wouldn't pick him to win the game. But I think if they if they perform well and keep it close, something to build on. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Herm Edwards will join us today, by the way, at 8.30 for his uh, weekly visit. Thank you, Sarah. We're all rebooted. Rush Hour Reboot every morning at 7.30. Coming up next, just a couple short months ago, ESPN's uh, football predictor had very good things to say about the Arizona Cardinals. Two months later, that's changed a lot. We'll get into it next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Football Friday with Pickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Yeah, we continue on this Football Friday live from the Auction Community Studios on Bickley and Murata. Morning, Stan Bickley, Vince Murata, Jared Carlin, Sarah Cazell taking you up until 10 o'clock today and gearing up for week one. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey. And the Kansas City Chiefs in town at State mm-hmm. Farm Stadium. A game you can hear Sunday, by the way, if you're not going to the game. You can catch all the action here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Um, on Sunday afternoon, 125 kickoff. Uh, this is pretty interesting. These um, these projections, ESPN's got their pre- pre- prediction machine. And I think in July, 
uh, when ESPN initially went through the schedule for the Cardinals and their prediction machine, basically it's a percentage chance to win each game. So right. if you're above 50 point, if you're at 50 or 0.1% or higher, they'll count that as a win. So that was the case in 13 of the 17 Cardinals games. Mm-hmm. 13 and 4, and I think people went, wow. We had a laugh. We had a good laugh at that when that when that first came up, that matchup predictor. Yes. Um, boy, have things changed from July to September. Uh-oh. <laughs> went from 13 to 4 to 6 and 11. How does that, how does that happen? Just out of curiosity? I mean, that's a massive, that's a seven-game uh-huh. difference. Mm-hmm. In two months with, uh, I mean, there's been injuries, certainly nothing of a season-ending variety for the Cardinals. I mean, right. in July, the, the ESPN predictor, I'm assuming, knew that DeAndre Hopkins was going to be out for the first six right. weeks. How does that happen? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how it happens, but it it does seem to reflect the events that we've witnessed in front of us. Because let's be honest here, if the Cardinals are going to come and put together a really good game on Sunday, it will be a turnabout from the path that they've been on since the Kyler Murray contract drama began. Ever since that, um, the anonymous grievances uh, towards Kyler Murray as related to Chris Mortensen. It's been anything but a smooth offseason, and we're hoping that this football team can put all that behind them, including a very long injury list, and perform very, very well. I think we all got our fingers crossed, uh, but as Ken Summers pointed out, week one in the NFL season should not feel like week 11 in terms of injuries. We were joking about it yesterday, the length of the first injury report coming out of Wednesday's practice for week one. You're like, what the heck? It got longer yesterday with the inclusion of Rondale Moore. Right. And so, so you're talking about that. So you're talking about a team that that has already dealt with with a, a, a couple of guys on the offensive line who thought about retiring. Rodney Hudson, who is very important to the team, has been dealing with a knee issue. Uh, Marcus Golden might have a sore toe and and bruised feelings. And and on and on and on and on and on it goes. And it's like they this the team has suffered a lot. And they haven't even started yet. Yeah, Justin Pugh, uh, limited for two days right. in practice with a neck injury. Um, yeah, it. Uh, <laughs> so it's you know what I mean. So it's and and so that would be I think I think if you if you want to look at the positive, it, it, a lot of what we have been talking about has has always been it, it hasn't we haven't been in crisis mode with the Arizona Cardinals, but this has been this has been a very contentious off season on a lot of different levels, and this has involved a lot of heavy news. From DeAndre Hopkins' suspension to the tragic passing of Jeff Gladney, uh, to, to all the people wondering when is this GM going to do something? When are they going to make a move? And then the preseason games come, and are we not going to ever see any of our players? And there's just been this hand wringing. If they go out and put together a really good game and maybe even pull off an upset, it's going to feel really reassuring. Well, yeah, and they, really good. They have an opportunity to, in a big way, calm the masses. Oh, and I'm not saying everybody is on the same page when it comes to the Cardinals. There are some people that do have uh, high optimism for, for this team. Still, uh, I think the majority are kind of like hand-wringing is the word you use. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. But the Cardinals do have an opportunity to to rest those fears if they can come out with a very, uh, I, what I think would be a very impressive week one yeah. win. Well, also, I almost view it as two seasons with DeAndre Hopkins, without DeAndre Hopkins. If they could beat the Chiefs, 
a game that I think most people have them losing in this stretch. Mm-hmm. Then you sort of, you're sort of like are stealing one, and you, you look at that six game stretch, and you're like, well, that's one that you didn't think we're going to get, and now could you possibly go four and two? Without DeAndre Hopkins, and that sort of just that this one game could change your whole outlook on the season. If, yeah, I agree. Well, and if you go four and two in those yeah. six games without Hopkins, man, right. you want to talk about being in great shape. Mm-hmm. Now, again, that's if they could stay healthy in other areas, which they've been <laughs> unable to do so far. We don't know the acquisition of Trayvon Mullen. We don't know if that's an aggravated injury, if that was a pre-existing injury, what exactly that was about. He only played five games for the Raiders last year because of that toe injury. Yes. And and so on and on and on it goes. And and I think that uh, it, it's it, it would be a remarkable show of just sturdiness if the Cardinals could find a way to play through this and, and look good. I don't expect them to win on Sunday, but I don't put it past them, but I, I think if they come out and perform well, I, I, again, Cliff Kingsbury, for for all the bumps that have, have kind of led us to this point in his career and his tenure with the Cardinals, at, at least he's staying firm to his conviction about how he doesn't want to expose his players, and these the fact that you're dealing with an injury report that is so lengthy while you're trying to create this as as much safety as possible around your football team, mm-hmm. it's really it's jarring. It's counterintuitive, and to his credit, he's he's just kind of he's he's remaining calm about this. Yeah, so which you have to do. Well, right. uh, you do because you haven't lost a game yet. But, but he, he kind of hinted at it yesterday, didn't he? When he made that line about yeah, it's been a real uneventful year around here. Yeah. Going along. That was kind of that was kind of a wink, wink. That yeah, we're, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of stuff happening. It's here. like that meeting on the mound in Bull Durham. <laughs> we're dealing with a lot of bleep here, right? That's right. <laughs> That's kind of what it is. And so it's it's fascinating because it's a it's an elite opponent. It's at home where the Cardinals have not had a lot of success. Um, I don't know what that crowd is going to look like. Are we expecting a lot of transplants? Are there a lot of Kansas City? I have transplants to, here. Sidians. I know, I know Cidians, a good Kansas City. Sidians, right? What, what are you? I actually do know a good number of uh, Chiefs fans in this town. Yeah, oh, I would, right? Yeah, I would think that that you know, if if you're looking at the big picture, where do people move from their hometown, mm-hmm. or where do people retire to? Uh-huh. Kansas City is sort of in the. Arizona section rather than the Florida section. Yeah, I agree. So they're not quite Midwest, but they're in that zone where, yeah, there's got to be a lot of fans. In fact, I have a friend who owns, I think she still owns it, a Kansas City Chiefs bar, like a, a bar that's Chiefs headquarters, basically. Oh, well. okay. Yeah. Do you know what the free drinks? Name is? I don't know. I don't want to say if it's you not open any, anymore. Oh. Uh, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Plus, plus, the Chiefs are sort of like the Golden State Warriors in that young people. Their first favorite team is often, often whoever is the most exciting or best ah, team. True, true. And pa- the Patrick Mahomes Chiefs over the last like yeah. five or six years yeah. have been that team. Another burning question going into week one. Will Jackson Mahomes oh. be in Phoenix oh, on no, the sideline no, 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 with, no, uh, with his Instagram posts Gosh. and well, TikToks? Well, yeah, I, I'm curious exactly about <laughs> this whole vibe because we talk about Patrick Mahomes in the idea of, hey, what about me? Because so much attention is being paid to Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, as we as we talked about, and Joe Burrow, obviously. So you, there's there's that, but it also kind of applies to the Kansas City Chiefs as a whole. You, you look at Buffalo, everyone looks at Buffalo 
Buffalo, rightfully so, is this great sentimental story because they've got the longest suffering fans in football. Them are the Vikings. It's it's probably a toss up between what what fan base has been abused more by their football team. And so there's that, and then there's just, there's a lot of things, I think, because Jarrett's right about this. There was a time when Pat, when Patrick Mahomes was the kind of Steph Curry of the yeah. NFL. Yeah. The quarterback that just blew your mind with individual skill, and everybody kind of and, followed And it's weird New that he's not by guy. no fault of his own. No. Yeah. Uh, hey. One last thing on this, to your point about, you know, the what about me. Mike Florio on, on Pro Football Talk, his picks, uh, his take, he's got the Chiefs winning 35-24, and his comment was, too many people are sleeping on the Chiefs. Here comes the football world's first wake-up call. Wow. <laughs> Which very well could happen. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and there's just a wild, wild array of predictions for the Cardinals from from people who still see them as, hey, yeah, that's a, that's a 10-win team. Yeah. And then there were people, he pointed out Bill Simmons, and, and you know, I heard Adam Schein didn't even have the Cardinals ranked among his top, like, nine teams in the NFC. And he's usually a big Cardinals guy. And he's a big Cardinals is. honk. Yeah. Now, if Peter Schrager ever turns, we're in trouble. <laughs> like, I'm thinking the Cardinals, 14 wins. 14, Cliff Kingsbury. How's that Schrager? Anything? Man, that was deep. spot on, man. Hell yeah, it's just great. <laughs> about as good as my What did you say about Peter Schrager? He always looks like a guy who forgot he was going to go on television that yeah. day. He's like, oh, no, wait. <laughs> Give me somebody else's sport coat to put on real quick. <laughs> That's a very coming good... Up in the, uh, sorry, coming okay. up in the 8 o'clock hour, we'll talk to ASU head coach Herm Edwards. We'll talk NFL with Mark Schlereth for his first weekly visit of the year. But coming up next, what another way to kick off the 8 o'clock hour with a Bickley blast on this football Friday. It's Bickley and Murata mornings, 98. 7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.